Welcome to the Hormone Heartbeat Podcast, a podcast about female empowerment through menstrual cycle health, the true heartbeat of your hormone status. With each episode, we'll explore the foundations of hormone health with science, soulful, and heartfelt conversations, a dash of sass, and feminine pizzazz. Our dream is to arm you with exactly what you need to be an unstoppable female force, ready to achieve all that your heart desires and embrace your inner goddess. And here's your host, naturopathic doctor, birth doula, fertility awareness educator, hormone enthusiast, and lover of pretty things, Antoinette Falco. So today I have the absolute pleasure to interview not only a colleague, but a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Bridget. Uh, Dr. Bridget is a naturopathic doctor in the Beaches area of Toronto. She's passionate about helping women achieve deeper healing. In her work with women, men, and children alike, she offers a space to explore what is truly behind any symptom or feeling on a mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual level. Her greatest intention is for her patients to deeply connect and know themselves. In doing this, she, lo- she leaves people feeling empowered on their self-healing journey. Wow. <laughs> All right, Dr. Bridget. <laughs> so that was your professional bio. Let's hear, let's hear from yourself just casually a bit about, a bit about you, uh, who you are, who you work with, yeah yeah for sure um well first off thank you so much for having me i'm so excited so honored um as you said like we're we're like dear friends and we went to school to, well i don't know if you went to school we went to school together so um yeah i'm just so honored to to be here and yeah so thanks for having me yeah um yeah so i guess in terms of like who i am as like like personally um yeah so as as you said I'm a I'm a naturopathic doctor um I wanted to be a healer literally since I was I think three years old like I grew up in a very holistic home in terms of um healing and health and um it was very much a priority and valued and it was very much um like feelings were very uh, uh, con- like very much considered and valued, and emotions were very much considered and valued. So that's something I kind of um, took with me. And as I grew older, and when it came to like choosing a career, I wanted something that combined medicine and healthcare with that kind of deeper emotional kind of energetic piece. And naturopathic medicine has just been. Um, just that perfect blend of the two. Um, so yeah, I feel really fortunate that I've been able to to find that field and, and really sink into it. And um, it definitely speaks to my values as as a person. Um, what else? I mean, I live in the beaches. I've got a dog, my partner. I've got a baby on the way. So wow. my life is very full. But um, yeah, I feel very fortunate to do what I love. Yeah. Yeah. And it is pretty awesome to see you, and because I know you personally, I can speak to this, how you truly live the life that you model for your patients, mm-hmm. you know, very grounded, even your, even their energy. And for our listeners, um, if you haven't um, had the pleasure of meeting this lovely lady, I encourage you to check her out because just being in her space is quite therapeutic. So <laughs> your patients are quite lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So healing from a young interested in healing from a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a bit about where 
your training um, maybe differs from an average graduate from the naturopathic uh, college? Like, or, yeah. or maybe speak to some of, of the additional mm -hmm. training you've done and how you really have taken it a step further. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, again, just growing up in, in the environment that I did, um, like personal development work was was very much um, a part of my story. So um, <clears throat> probably from about, I want to say like early 20s, like 1920, um, I delve pretty deep into um, people, works of um, like Eckhart Tolle, um, Shakti Gawain, um, Deepak Chopra, um, that kind of thing. And so a lot of my additional like kind of learning or training has just been like self-taught. Um, and then I think the most important thing too is I started doing the work. So um, I started seeing, you know, um, NND myself, um, psychotherapist myself, and I just really started um, allowing myself to explore kind of what was deeper what was underneath mm -hmm. maybe potential blocks maybe potential insecurities or whatever it may be um and that has actually been the biggest teacher for me is again like walking that journey myself um that being said i i mean i have done a, a bunch of like more formal training stuff like um you know energetic and emotional acupuncture um you know like t um, emotional freedom technique stuff um, Reiki levels, um, you know, and my mom is actually a psycho-spiritual counselor, so I've done a lot of, um, kind of mentoring through her, um, so she teaches, um, like, spiritual and psychic development, so I've been trained in terms of using my intuition and stuff through her, um, retreats and all sorts of fun stuff, so I've just been kind of on this journey of, um, self-discovery and, like, um, really honing in on like my gifts and what my my strengths are as a, as a practitioner as someone who works with energetic someone who works with intuition but um it's coming from like many different many different places the most important being my own my own journey my own kind of inward journey mm -hmm. yeah. oh what what a what powerful message finding a practitioner who is doing the self-work because they recognize how powerful and instrumental it is to their work with their clients and patients um, yeah. and hear you say that it's such a it's such a gift that there are practitioners like mm. yourself out there doing that work right it's i think it's the most important thing there's a phrase it's a physician heal thyself mm. um and it's i think it should be you know almost like mandated as, as every healthcare practitioner um, for every healthcare practitioner, because it it really is, it's like how we show up, right, for for our patients, for our clients. It really, like, have we done the work ourselves? And I think we really can. I mean, it's said over and over again, but we can really only take people as far as we've gone ourselves. And so, um, if we do that, we can, you know, we can really um, take our patients to that deeper level, that more more meaningful level in my opinion um which a lot of people are looking for not everyone certainly but a lot of people are so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yes that deeper meaning beyond the physical beyond the physical <laughs> physical is very important but there's a yeah. little bit more to us than that i think 
Okay, so let's let's explain the physical of our topic today, and then yeah. from there we'll get a bit deeper. And I love to ask you some more questions about you know how you approach this this topic. Sure. Um, Okay, so today we're going to talk about dysmenorrhea, and for our, our listeners who maybe don't know what that means, if you could give sort of your, your explanation of it, um, and then I'd also like you to touch upon whether or not it's normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so basically dysmenorrhea, when you kind of break down the word, it's difficult mes- menstruation. So whatever that means for you is is true and, and valid. So um, for a lot of women, um, it's obviously cramping. That's what most people think of. Um, but it can also be just like nausea and vomiting, pain in the upper thighs or lower back. Um, some women just like get diarrhea or like stool issues. Um, so it can manifest in different ways. And well, most of the time we do think of like general like uterine cramping. Um, and so is it, is it normal? It's, it's common. I, that's the word I would say. It is very common. It's not something that we're supposed to experience in the sense of like we can and deserve to have pain-free periods. And um, that's what working with you know, a healthcare provider can, can do is, is to allow you to, to, to achieve that. Um, but I wouldn't say it's, it's normal. I would say it's common. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that being said, if you want to kind of go further into it, there is, you know, primary dysmenorrhea and secondary dysmenorrhea and primary being um, not caused by like a pelvic issue such as like endometriosis or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then secondary um, dysmenorrhea being, yes, it's caused by like fibroids or endometriosis or, or something like physical or organic going on in the actual pelvis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and about 50% of women experience cramping, which is kind of a lot, kind mm-hmm. of a lot. Um, so it's, it's, as I said, it's very common. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would, it would just be, you know, kind of important to figure out kind of which category you fall into if you're more, if you're that primary um, dysmenorrhea, which is, again, not caused by any organic causes such as endometriosis. Um, it's more of like an inflammation issue versus secondary dysmenorrhea, which is, again, okay, there's something organic, something like a cyst or a fibroid or, or an endometriosis mm. going on in the pelvis. So, um, yeah, it's... Mm. Mm. Com- common but not normal. That, common but not normal. I think that's the way I would describe it. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, I think it's, it's a big misconception. A lot of women think, you know, that it is something that's normal and it's just you know part of being a woman and that you know that's just it's just not how it is and it's nice to hear it when you hear uh, more practitioners speaking openly about it and sharing you know this isn't something that you're supposed to have it's um it encourages those women to speak up and to seek the help that they yeah yeah and our bodies are telling us things they're telling us messages they're letting us know uh, they're they're telling us something um, so with that, let's get into sort of like from a more of a mental, emotional, maybe spiritual aspect. So we've got dysmenorrhea, which is pain, cramping, you know, nausea, vomiting, um, all of those symptoms that you described. Um, what can we, what can we think of when we think of dysmenorrhea um, and how it's telling us something maybe about our emotional 
mental or spiritual health? Yeah, I mean, that's such a such a big question, right? Um, I often I find like when I don't know, internet, if you find this too, but when people come into the office, it's like, that's not often like the first thing they're coming in for, right? They're not like, so I'm getting cramping, but I want to know like the emotional cause to it. Um, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. They just want to like feel good. They don't want to like be curled up in the fetal position every month. Um, mm-hmm. Totally get that. So um, I just want to acknowledge that and validate that for people. Like, um, so that's why it's like, it's good to work with the healthcare provider because really like we can kind of juggle both. Like we can start to get the symptom under control and okay. Yeah. Let's explore. Like if there is kind of an emotional or spiritual or energetic root behind what's going on. Um, so with cramping in, in, in general, um, I find like the best place to start is to just really get, get curious. Um, a gentle curiosity will, you know, do wonders every time. Um, and that's something I try and really um, preach in visits with patients is let's just get curious about what, what you're actually feeling and what, um, what kind of emotions are the actual experience of cramping bringing up for you. And so a lot of times people will say what we can like break it down to is almost like a word. So do you feel when, when it comes to cramping, does it feel like, do you feel trapped? Do you feel um, overwhelmed? Do you feel restricted? Do you feel out of control? Do you feel shameful? Do you feel afraid? You know, um, angry, frustrated. So once you kind of um, just give some space and time for you to just explore, like, hey, what is my, what am I actually feeling? That can be a great place to start in terms of like, okay, what's actually behind a potential root behind my cramping? Mm. yeah so it takes so it takes a little bit it sounds like it takes a little bit of work to sort of unfold those those deeper layers sort of like unpeeling layers of an onion yeah um do you have strategies for women that they can sort of bring into their daily life into their you know ways that they could bring out or determine that word and what it really you know, you know what it could be like. How how do you encourage your patients to to get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Usually, um, what it is is just like it can come in the form of rest. So, a lot of women, um, <clears throat> what I'll encourage them to do is, as they're kind of coming up into their um, like flow phase or their bleed phase, is to make time to actually just. Like take a day off, take a, you know, take a day off work or, um, you know, disconnect from, you know, social media or, you know, just really take that time to simply be with themselves. And so, um, you know, stay home, you know, be in bed, be on your couch, make yourself tea. And, you know, if you want to pull out a journal, that's a great place to start, of course. Um, And just really start to tap into your body. So close your eyes, take a deep breath. And just connect with your heart, connect with your body, and see what starts to come up. And there, I would just recommend not having any judgment about it, and just start writing. Start, you know, connecting with. Okay, how am I actually feeling right now? What are some words I would use to describe what I'm feeling? If I had to describe it, what are some images that would I see a, a bound up knot? Would I see a block of 
cement what I see and just get really almost like creative and curious about it. Um, so often as women, we're taught like almost periods are like, push it away, cover it up, put it in the closet, don't talk about it, you know, and um, clearly that's not working. So <laughs> I think it's great to just try something different, which is, yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Let's bring it to the surface. Let's get curious about it um, and really find out kind of what's behind it. What's, what kind of emotions is this, is this related to? Are you finding the more that people push it away, the more that it like comes back stronger? Yeah, that resist persists, right? That mm. old saying. Yeah, I think, I think that's that's huge. And um, you know, Christine Northrup, uh, Dr. Christine Northrup, she's a considered like a women's health expert. She wrote the book uh, "Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom." She actually um, described. Um, uh, she gave us a description of a story of a woman who. Um, was experiencing really terrible menstrual pain. And um, she, the woman ended up um, deciding to take a day of rest as she was leaning into her flow. And she experienced zero cramping that month. And she completely, again, turned off all her like social media devices and electronics. And she really just sat with herself and let herself rest and kind of feel into her emotions and what she was doing. And sure enough, she didn't experience any pain that month. And, um, you know, that's just one anecdotal story. But, you know, I can attest, and I'm sure internet, you can too, the value of rest and the value of holding that space for ourselves mm -hmm. and to really just um, let ourselves be almost like how by ourselves yeah yeah rest that message you know can't can't be uh any more reinforced like such mm -hmm. a we, we don't rest in today's world where you know and and just to hear you speak about how it could have such a profound effect on our on our periods which we you know a lot of women are struggling um to get through a day of work when you know they might have really bad cramping mm-hmm yeah, it's really great. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say too, if you don't mind. Um, what's interesting, what I find too that comes up often is people will say, um, I feel really raw when my period starts or like a lot of emotions are kind of on the surface. Okay. Um, and I don't know, maybe you've heard that too. It's like almost like, it's like PMS or people will describe it as that, like, oh, I'm just crying more often or mm. I just like snap at people more often. Um and I think that's for a reason. I don't think that's just a random coincidence. I think it's almost like our body's telling us it's like, um, you know, it's our, it's giving an opportunity for stuff to kind of come up. And Eckhart Tolle talks about this. He talks about menses being a time for the pain body to be surfaced. Pain body being our emotional body, our, our hurts, our wounds to be surfaced. And so it's a beautiful opportunity to use um, to kind of look at, at those things that maybe we haven't had the chance to look at throughout the rest of the month. Right. Busy and we don't yeah. time and whatever reason. Um, so just like your body's kind of bringing that to the surface, maybe to, to look at it and to be expressed and to be explored and loved and seen and heard. And, and that's ultimately, in my opinion, what healing is. It's being seen and heard and witnessed and expressed. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, I hear it too often, you know, where, where our emotions that, 
you know, maybe consciously we don't like about ourselves, um, we'll say, oh, that's just my period. And we'll dismiss it as something not associated with us. But to hear you say that, no, actually, it's your deeper self coming up and encouraging you, okay, there's some emotions here that maybe you need to process and you need to work through. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of empowering, right? It's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, my body's using this time of flow to kind of, you know, as you release the blood from your uterus, it's like, okay, let's release some emotions too. It's almost like an, an, um, an outlet of sorts that we can, that women, as women, we have. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So let's paint a picture for, okay, maybe they've taken the day of rest. Maybe it's day one or day two of their cycle. Um, and they're, there is some flowing of emotions that are coming up and they're journaling, writing it down. What would sort of be your next step that you would encourage women to do from there? Because sometimes when we put our emotions out there, it gets even more emotional, even more tender just to see them and be like, okay, wow, I actually feel that inside. What does it mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, just like give yourself a huge pat on the back for even doing like for doing that. Like that's, that's huge. Like that's so the next step I would say kind of along those lines is um, like loving. I mean, it's so much, such a cliche thing to say, but to love yourself. Mm-hmm. So love yourself in that. So um, with the gentle curiosity, which mm-hmm. in your example you did and you're journaling and things are coming up, um, take, you know, bring that intention of, of bringing that, that love with it as well. So that can be as simple as just say the, the emotion of anger starts to come up. Then placing your hand on your heart and then just simply sending love to your heart as you would a dear friend or a pet or a partner. Just really loving yourself and accepting that emotion for, for what it is, which is an emotion. Um, if that feels good, then continue with that. If you feel like you need that extra kind of support, then absolutely um, talking to someone that that's one thing is is you start if you start to kind of go within and explore you might find like okay I would benefit from maybe sharing this with someone else if that is you know a healthcare provider if that is um, like a trusted friend mm-hmm. if that is a partner if that is someone else I think um, you know we are meant to we're not meant to do this alone we're, all, we're in this together so um, yeah, if there's something that's coming up that feels like heavy and intense and needs some, some to help, like to be held with someone, then I would say to reach out. But otherwise, just bringing, bringing love by placing your hand there and just on your heart and just kind of accepting it for what it is and thanking, thanking your body and your heart for bringing that forward is, that's huge. Like that's, that's huge. Yeah. A little, a little ironic to think of, thanking and sending love to emotion that we don't necessarily want to be feeling mm-hmm. but that powerful reminder that no that emotion's coming up and we're releasing yes. it instead of keeping it in and sort of pressing it down and we do know the more that we suppress emotions and um maybe you can speak to this like how does that present maybe the next cycle you know, like maybe their next menstrual yeah. cycle, they might have this like emotion. That, well, it came up a little bit, but they never explored it and just pushed it down. So like what would, you know, what are some things you can expect for future cycles? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if that's the case, if we just, if we do keep suppressing, um, absolutely, it's going to show up, you know, later on, and if not in your menstrual cycle, mm. maybe somewhere, somewhere else. And um, there's tons and tons of science and, um, you know, new research that's coming out um, in the field of, it's uh, psychoneuroimmunology, so PNI, um, mm. which is basically the the understanding that our our emotions our thoughts our beliefs directly affect our physiology which directly affects our immune and inflammation and um all that's all all that physiology so it's it's very much um you know a physical scientific thing um that's actually rooted in the emotions and so yeah if, if you are suppressing something um it can certainly show up yeah if not the next month then maybe down the road it's not something to be afraid of it's something to feel empowered about because mm. we have that power to now then express and you know explore these emotions and therefore prevent disease like how amazing is that um you know gabar mete he's kind of the thought leader on on this and um he wrote the book when the body says no which is the stress disease connection um mm. and he links stress or emotions or thoughts to all sorts of diseases, all sorts of concerns, and um, not just, you know, of course, he would say dysmenorrhea as well, but um, cancer and, you know, rheumatoid arthritis and all sorts of things. So there's definitely something to this idea of suppressing emotions mm. and physical disease. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, this I could talk about this topic for days because I think <laughs> it's so fascinating. Um, okay, so quickly, because I think we should give our listeners um, some maybe some physical some things yeah. some tips yeah, yeah some tips that they can um that they can do um so maybe maybe your top maybe top two physical tips and then you know we got into sort of some emotional um how to how to bring those emotions up um but at what point do you encourage women to then take that next step for themselves uh in terms of yeah in terms of like maybe emotions have come up so like, let's walk them through, okay, here are a couple physicals that okay. they can do. And then from there, they're going to do some journaling. And then at what point after doing that, is it a good time to then seek maybe the support of um, someone like yourself or, or someone that's going to help them take it a, a step further, take it right. deeper. Yeah. Right. So I think you could start, you know, reach out to someone at any point of the okay. journey. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like if, if it's a case where you need, like, you know, you're not sure about the journaling or, or whatnot, like, or if this is just resonating with you at all, I would reach out to, yeah, you know, any, any ND or any healthcare provider that resonates with you right away. Because as we talked about, healing yourself is, is, is huge. So um, whenever, whatever step in the journey that feels good to you, I would say do it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, in terms of like strategies or physical tips, um, so first of all, like when you think of dysmenorrhea on a, on a physical level, it's inflammation, inflammation, and there might, there's potentially some hormone stuff that we're also talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, the inflammation can be caused by all sorts of things. Of course, one of them being stress, but a lot of, sometimes it's, it's diet, it's environmental, it's all sorts of things. So, um, the first tip I would say, um, in terms of um, like a physical thing is is diet and um, the way that can look is just increasing greens 
simple. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> Basic. Um, Ingredients and greens. Um, so plant-based, you know, food is is a really, really great and simple place to start. Um, I like dandelion greens because they do have an affinity for the liver. Um, and uh, liver being a, a core organ for hormone regulation. Um, so, you know, putting in a smoothie, putting in a salad, mm -hmm. um, spinach smoothies, um, adding parsley. Parsley is also great for the liver. Um, and just getting as many greens as possible. Like, aim for eight servings, aim for ten servings. Go for it. Like, don't be afraid to to really just up those up those plants. Um, not only are you going to get that inflammation down in that way, um, you're also going to um, give your body tons of nutrients and and um, vitamins to make energy and to feel good and help your bowels and help your skin and a million other things. So, um, it's a really safe gentle but effective way place to start mm -hmm. and the other side of that of course being being mindful of maybe removing those inflammatory foods so if there is foods that you know hmm, maybe doesn't agree with me um to remove those um or you can also just go with kind of the key contenders that we think about as naturopathic doctors which are you know gluten dairy corn soy Mm -hmm. That being said, definitely work with a with a healthcare provider in that case because there's so many different foods to think about, and there's food sensitivities testing that you can do to really um, to narrow it down. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a great physical place that I would start. Mm. Um, and then the second place I would do is maybe exercise. Mm. Second, exercise um, is wonderful for decreasing inflammation. Um, dysmenorrhea, oftentimes it's related to stagnation, right? There's cramping, there's, there's almost like a stuckness. So allowing almost that aerobic exercise, so, you know, nice brisk walking, running, whatever it may be, whatever your exercise of choice is, is such a great place to start on mm -hmm. a physical level. Yeah, get blood flow moving. Yeah. Support healing, reduce inflammation. Oh, Yes. Remove stagnation. And then I also actually thought of a few, well, I mean, we already talked about it, but if I were to add to like emotional strategies, it would be what we talked about, which is um, rest, give yourself the rest, and then get curious, get curious about you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And being curious, it's, it's, it's totally, it's about body awareness and really knowing listen tuning in and listening to what's ha what's happening in your body and we we live in this fast-paced world of go to work come home support families and you know we're not stopping we're not resting and we don't have that sense of awareness that as human beings it's really cool that we can achieve that you know we can we can look at our surroundings we can look look internally um yeah so i love that bridget that that was that couldn't have been said more perfectly <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So this has been, this has been awesome. I, I, we've talked about, we've jumped into all of the different aspects of, of dysmenorrhea. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of additional topics that are coming to mind. I'm sure for me. Um, so we would, you know, who knows, we might have you on the show later to talk about some more of this. Super awesome. <laughs> um, okay. So where can people find out more about you? Yeah, for sure. So um, they can find out more about me on my website. Okay. Um, so I'll just say it now. It's www.bridgetrossnd.com. 
Um, yeah, I have a blog on there. Um, I also just have more about like my approach. If, if, you know, something I said today resonates with you, you can find out more. Um, yeah, that's a great place to find me. And we'll link all that information in the show notes below for everybody. Um, and what, just before we get off, I'm going to ask sort of all of our listeners this, what is your, what are your top tips for women's hormone health? If you were to give one tip, like number one tip that you think all women should know um, in regards to their hormone. Um, I would say, okay, two things are coming to mind. Okay. <laughs> but they're kind of related, maybe. Um, I would say number one, just because I go deep, you know, I go yeah. deep, um, is to trust that your body can heal itself with the right support. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. So trust that your body can heal itself. Um, it's not something you have to live with or suffer through. Um, you, you really can heal yourself. Um, and what's coming to mind with that is almost like supporting the liver with that. So like the liver being, um, you know, our detox organ liver being so important with, with hormones in general. So oftentimes healing is just about removing, removing the blockages or getting things flowing again so that we can heal ourselves. So, um, yeah, so just knowing that you can in fact heal yourself. Such a great message. (laughs) one that can, needs to be reinforced every day, in my opinion. Um, so thank you so much, Dr. Bridget. Thanks thank for sharing you. us. This was lovely. And um, we look forward to having you on the show again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Hormone Heartbeat Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified of all future episodes. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all guest details and your free downloadable goodies. Your feedback is important to me. So please, please leave a review so women can find and be empowered by this knowledge. If you have a topic you'd like to see discussed on the show or have a recommendation for guests you'd like to see interviewed, please get in touch by emailing the hormone heartbeat podcast at gmail.com.